This is us, Creative Copes, a podcast. Two friends simply wanting to inform and raise awareness about mental and chronic illness. We plan to have open, frank conversation about how we are creatively coping in the bland landscape after diagnosis. Serious discussions mixed in with some dark and most likely inappropriate humor. We want to dig deep into what works for us and what works for others. We invite you to join the conversation. You may notice we have no fancy initials after our names, no MDs or PhDs indicating that we are medical professionals. This is because we are not. We are just two women who have experience with mental and physical limitations, sharing our stories, encouraging each other and everyone to be the best versions of themselves, learning from each other and you on how we can get better and exist in this world. Our views are for educational and entertainment purposes only. Please consult medical or mental health professionals for advice based on what's best for you. Our guests' views and opinions are theirs and theirs alone. Please be advised that we also swear, so this is your warning to proceed with caution. Our content is deep and gritty. We will not offer trigger warnings because life is a trigger and I can't handle censoring everything with a band-aid and some bubble wrap. Vita will give out those warnings as she sees fit. I just don't have the maturity to do so. So sit back, take what you can from our creative copes, be kind in the process, and join us on our journey, one shit show at a time. This is Jen. And this is Mira. And we are Creative Copes Podcast. And we're going to continue our journey into alternative medicine. So today we're talking the part two. Part, part two. two. Yes. yes. In episode 11, if you will, because we can technically call it episode 11. We won't call it 10.2. We can call it 11. So we are yeah. officially into double digits and matching double digits at that. So there we go. We're at double digit one one episode this is exciting stuff jen how are you doing today i'm doing well i am trying to stay very calm cool and collected because i had to prepare for dental surgery and or what to expect this go around. This has been going on for now two years. If you can believe it in May, it'll be two years. So we're nearing the end of everything, but it's been a long journey. So there's a lot of anxiety that goes along. And of all the things, it's not about actually being at the dentist. <laughs> like some people have a severe a dentist phobia. Yeah, that's not my issue. <laughs> that's I'm more, how am I going to get? It's not 
actually, I shouldn't say that because it's not how am I going to get there anymore? I'm doing much better with that. A lot of it is like, what if I have a panic attack while I'm in the chair and I want to leave? I am sedated for these types of surgical procedures. But unfortunately, when you have taken medication for as long as I have, you start to build up a little bit of a tolerance. So it doesn't always pan out the way that it's supposed to. So I don't technically sleep and I talk probably as much as I talk on this podcast. And they're like, okay, Jen, can you, uh, we have to have you stop talking now. And I'm like, I'm trying. They're like, okay, try harder. I'm like, okay. And I'll doze off for a little bit, but so I'm trying to stay calm about that. And I'm using my creative copes to stay busy and just kind of prepare the best I can. How about you? How are you feeling? I am feeling okay. I am in the fourth week of my recovery from cleaning. Well, that's <laughs> yeah, um, like home stretch feeling. Is it kind of like baby? it is? Yeah. Okay. Now I feel like I'm I'm starting to be okay with nice. getting out of bed and doing stuff. So I got some laundry done, and I actually got to pick up my glasses. Ooh, I got so to see exciting. her glasses. They are beautiful. Uh, they, they fit are. your face perfectly. I mean, if you couldn't, you could not have like designed them for your face any better. I was looking at just the shape and how they frame your facial bone structure and everything. I was like, those are like made for her face. I was impressed. I love Good choice. Them. And it's funny because I had two of the ladies. One was fixing the, the frames to mm-hmm. fit my face and the other one came out to give them to me. Don't ask me about the logistics there. I figured it would just be one person, but there were several involved in Listen, the you process were- of giving me my glasses. Anyways, all <laughs> of them came out one at a time and said, I just love those frames. And I was thinking to myself, well, you guys actually sold me these frames. So why are you acting so surprised that they were in this <laughs> in the store, you know? I think they were so surprised <laughs> because they look so fantastic. They look like they were built for your face. It's true. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. It's true. So when you ah. post that picture and you will, um, you're going to show everyone your gorgeous new glasses that fit your gorgeous, I almost said new face, but it's the same face, <laughs> but the gorgeous face yes, there. The new face. Aww. Yeah, so I'm pretty excited because the glasses are an important part in um, relaxing my eyes so that my headaches are a little bit lower on the pain scale, if you Good. Will. Yeah. Well, anything so to I'm keep you them. pain-free and well, right? pain, lower uh, pain. Lower pain is more pain. than... Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. We can go... We'll aim for lower pain. That's an improvement. So good. Yes. Yes. So we are so, <laughs> so we are on our way to trying to be lower pained and lowered anxiety wise and all sorts of lowered things except for our attitudes. We want to keep those high and happy and that <laughs> yes. fun stuff. We high try all the time. Mm-hmm. I just want to get high all the time. <laughs> Roger, zero G and I feel fine. So our last episode, we discussed acupuncture, acupressure, Mita got into... Massage and chiropractic practices. Yes. Yes. So we kept it that way because today... We are going to flow into yoga. I like the flow. I like the flow. We're going to flow. so about the flow, like we we said last episode. It was all about the flow. Always about the flow. Mm. Always about the vibe. And yoga is a total vibe. 
If you have never been to a yoga class, if you've never utilized online, I'll even share a link in the blog for one of the online yoga instructors that I like to utilize. Yoga is a wonderful, wonderful way to build strength awareness and harmony in your body and in your mind. So did you know that yoga is actually under the umbrella term of meditation? I did not know that it was no. under that term, but I know, to, it is. know that we do utilize meditation strongly yeah. in yoga. So no kidding. So yeah. So that's how you get into that relaxed state because you have the main focus of the breathing and moving in a certain way and the breathing yeah. exercises and the postures are so mm-hmm. important in yoga and hard part for me is that I am a shallow breather and I've taught myself to shallow breathe as we discussed in an earlier episode I was always very cautious about taking deep breaths in because it pulls on my scar so it was a constant reminder So I got interested in yoga for that exact reason. I wanted to learn how to not chest breathe anymore. And let me tell you, breathing properly is one of the hardest things to learn for me. I still don't get it right. I try not to focus my attention on that so much when I'm doing yoga, but it is a very difficult thing for me to do. I I don't breathe properly and... I always feel like my yoga is affected by that. That sounds so dire. I don't breathe properly. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, not because of lung function or any pulmonary issues. I just don't hold my body in the correct postures of allowing myself to do what it's supposed to do. I trained and that's muscle memory. And that's something I'm going to talk about a little bit later in regards to craniosacral type therapies and such. Muscle memory is such an amazing thing. And we're talking, I was 15 years old and I am now 44 and I still hold my body a certain way and I still breathe out of my chest rather than out of my diaphragm. Yoga helps you with that. It does. It does help me. I try to maintain it. The maintenance is a little bit difficult for me to keep going when I'm not in a yoga session or I'm not in a meditation session, but Mm. at least it brings awareness. If I start to notice I'm slouching or I'm getting out of breath in a different way, I start to put my shoulders back and you can actually hear, I just did it. It's like, okay, sit up straight, pull your shoulders back and breathe in from the diaphragm. So it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And I think if people can take away anything from that, it's, it doesn't have to be perfect to get the benefits. And there are a lot of benefits from yoga. Now with your condition, have you ever been able to partake in yoga? I did try, but I fainted. So I tried again and fainted again. So I don't think that was something that I could continue with. I do some yoga that requires me lying flat on the floor. Mm -hmm. A few of those stretches and stuff and just Mm -hmm. the breathing. But that's as far as I can take yoga, sadly. I actually was of the... I wanted to become a yoga instructor at first and maybe focus on chronic pain and chronic illness patients as that's what I'm dealing with. So I figured Mm -hmm. I would have a unique set of eyes and approach. But yeah, I started getting more problems with my orthostatic intolerance that I couldn't go through the motions that you need of some of those 
positions. Postures. Yeah, postures and positions. It was just not safe. <laughs> no, definitely not. So I didn't see a point in paying the money to become an instructor when I couldn't do all the poses and stuff I needed to graduate. So, <laughs> yeah, but that's, you know what? That was my yoga journey was short and intense and yeah. <laughs> That's like one of those things where I try to figure out what to do with my chronic ill life when I couldn't go back to work. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those. I, I find my issue with yoga is more because of my metal Spine. rod. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. I can do some things. It's like I'm like a circus freak type thing where... <laughs> I shouldn't be able to bend in certain ways or like put my leg up this way or that way. But yet, if you ask me to reach for my toes, I cannot. It's just because of where the metal rod is. It holds mm. my vertebrae were fused together at this particular point that I cannot bend, bend that yeah. way. <laughs> like when I have to, when the dog wants to come in, we have, to, he always goes in the pond every single day. So I have to wipe his feet. I, I pray that the neighbors aren't looking out their door when I am wiping his feet because I legitimately have to position myself. My ass is like full-fledged out. <laughs> like I'm like in this distorted position, but it's just the angle that I have to bend over to wipe his feet. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> and they're probably like, oh, look at her trying to show off her ass. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm all broken. It's not that. I'm not trying to be a show off. <laughs> no, you're not broken. You're fused together. <laughs> I mean, that's right. I'm not broken. Any, I'm definitely fused. I'm fused together. I was Humpty Dumpty uh... and now I am Humpty Dumpty no more. So, <laughs> but yoga with, I still partake in it. I know my limitations. I definitely know there's just some, and I'll just go into a pose that I can do. I modify mm. them myself that I'm mm. like, okay, I, can't, I definitely can't do that one. Or the next day I'm going to either be feeling it or I just physically can't bend into. Mm. But the benefits that have been proven and backed by studies and professionals, I mean. There are many. There are so many. And mm. it's a beautiful thing if you are able to, take part in a yoga class or, you know, obviously check your symptoms with your physicians first and, you know, make sure that, with yourself. Yeah. First and foremost yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, we don't want, don't pull a Mita and pass. Were you in a class or were you doing it? At I was home in a what? class. Oh my goodness. What did the, t what did the teacher say? I don't think she noticed because it was just one of those <laughs> where I just... <laughs> I just kind of baby pose, sleeping baby pose. She's like, she's just really tired. It's I, fine. Yeah, I don't know. I it, um, it must have just been a few seconds that I was out. Oh, because she didn't really notice. And when I, you know how it is when you have that kind of what is it, the static on a TV kind of sensation oh, in your head yeah. and around your eyes. No, it's coming. It's yeah. like, oh. uh, it's. Yeah, it was awkward. Oh. And I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. Oh. <laughs> I guess if I had been out far longer, she probably would have... <laughs> Class is over, sweetie. Get right. up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, what happened to her? Yeah. <laughs> Why is she still here? It's like, oh my God, is she breathing? Poor right. thing. <laughs> Aww. I had yeah. an incident in the class where my leg locked up. And I mean, all of a sudden, the, and the teacher did notice and she came me and she's like she was like doing this whole like massage thing and she knew you know I had explained a little bit about my 
situation because sometimes yeah. in class they'll come around and readjust you and stuff. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, and please you're like, don't do that. Don't, no, don't I, do because that. I can't do that. My body doesn't bend that way. But <laughs> I definitely, I went down and I mean, the tears just rolled in. I didn't want to make a scene in the class, but I was like, no, no, go ahead. Go. I'm fine. I'll, I'll just sit here for a minute. I'll, I'll, it'll go away, you know, but they were all very nice about it. And within a couple minutes, I was, you know, I just went into a laying down position pose and just was calm for a little bit and let that nerve calm a little, but Mm. (laughs) the trials and tribulations probably of chronic and sometimes invisible illness that you don't always see. And then it comes out in places like that. And it's like, oh boy, here it's part of the trial and error, isn't it? Yeah. See what works and doesn't. Right. Because there are things, as you'll talk about in a little bit, as far as like the meditation stuff goes, Mm. you know, that is a beautiful thing. And okay, the physical yoga poses and postures, all right, maybe you may not be able to partake in that, but to, because so much of it is the meditation and the breathing as well, you know, you take what you can and you leave the rest behind. And that's how I live my life, actually. Relationships, just in general, like it's like you always want to move forward, taking the good, moving that forward with you and just leaving the bad behind. So that's what I try anyway. But back to yoga. So the benefits of yoga, as we were talking about, there are lots of them. And being that they're backed by lots and lots of professionals, the first and foremost is to improve strength, balance and flexibility. Now, those can obviously be modified based on disorders and such. Back pain relief is the second most utilized reason for yoga. Me, case in point, you definitely want to make your accommodations as necessary. Third is ease arthritis symptoms. A lot of people like to utilize the stretches for arthritis symptoms. It seems to bring relief. Mm-hmm. And for fibromyalgia. Yes. Mm. Cardiologists recommend a lot of times yoga as a way to get some physical exertion in, but without taxing the heart too much, again, dependent upon the issue that you're seeing your cardiologist for. So obviously, again, check in. It can help you relax and sleep better. It is better for your energy and mood. It helps to manage stress. If When you think of yoga, you like to think of like this very like lovey-dovey peace and love and rock Vibrate and roll Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you are involved in that, you're a part of a very supportive community that helps enhance the yoga. And it also promotes, which this is really a good one, it promotes self-care because a lot of people have a hard time with self-care. They don't want to take the time for themselves or feel guilty about taking the time for themselves. Some people like to go to the gym or other things. So even if you're sitting at home watching a DVD from 10 years ago, which I still have my DVD that I first bought, (laughs) it was my first yoga DVD. I periodically throw it in. There's no shame in that game. You know, it's like, why not? You know, there's YouTube too. Oh, and there's tons. And you want to make sure that the person knows what they're doing and all that stuff. But other than that, I mean, there are lots of resources. If you're interested in checking yoga out as one of your creative copes, feel free to either check our list or, you know, do some research on it, but it may help you. I think you'll dig it. So more power to you. Absolutely. Mind, body, and soul. Mind, body, and soul is a whole vibe. I love it. (laughs) 
mental clarity would be nice. If I could get more calmness out of it, that would be cool. Increasing body awareness. Some people have none. I, you can see them from a mile away walking. It's like, oh, you poor thing. You have no idea where you are in space. As their body just feels discombobulated. Not that they're doing anything visibly. I don't mean that, but it just body awareness. Once you learn it, it's a beautiful thing when you actually can put it to good use. So, mm-hmm. and relieving chronic stress and pain. I mean, who doesn't want to relieve all that stuff? Because I think. Typical people have it. And in today's society, more and more people are coming down with various illnesses and disorders and diseases. And as we have discussed previously, absolutely. Yoga is one way to do that. And slipping from yoga into one of my favorite things, Mita is going to talk about meditation. Yeah. And one of my favorite things is guided imagery. Love it. Yes. I can only utilize guided imagery, to be honest. I, When I try to relax, it's very difficult for me to just say, oh, I'm going to sit and I'm going to slow my breathing and I'm going to clear my mind and focus on this. So with guided imagery or guided meditations, there's a particular YouTube video that I follow. It's very helpful for me. And you're just following exactly what they're saying, whether it's closing your eyes and getting rid of some of the sensory input from the world, but you're just following directions and someone's guiding you and leading you through this very relaxing thing. And that's the only way I can meditate. I can't do it on my own. You just kind of focus your imagination on a picture of a person, a place, or a time that makes you feel peaceful and happy. And then the imagery then kind of relaxes you. You just kind of breathe into it and just focus on that one peaceful, happy thing. So is it like your little happy place in your mind? You can do it with colors or you can do it with an actual place. In imagery, You kind of use all of your senses to reach that meditation spot. And that is what actually makes it a powerful, relaxing experience. Obviously, that is good to managing stress and coping with difficult situations. I sometimes use the relaxing audio like you do, Mm -hmm. but they also have it with the guided imagery included in the audio. So they direct you with a certain image, like imagine this horizon by the ocean you hear the waves coming in on shore and then they ask you to tense up your right hand and then relax it and then your left hand and then you relax it progressive muscle right tension and relaxation exactly and then those are normally like 15 20 minutes and it actually gets you into a little catnap kind of state too which Mm -hmm. is really nice and they guide you back from that scenery too like, it's time to wake up. <laughs> it's a hypnosis. Basically, yeah, it is a little bit like self-hypnosis, which is quite nice. Are you able to picture, like you said, kind of like doing it on your own? Or do you need to have someone kind of walking you through? I can, I, I can do it on my own, but sometimes it's nice to have the help, especially if I'm in a high anxiety or high stress emotional state then I need some guidance. But otherwise, I can sit down and just kind of close my eyes and do it myself and just have a few minutes to center myself. 
See, I'm so jealous. I wish I could. I try. It just, my brain. I have a vivid imagination. (laughs) Well, my, (laughs) I have a perverted imagination. (laughs) My my imagination's pretty vivid, but it just seems like my inner dialogue kind of takes over. And I think the guided portion of it, when someone's kind of leading me in instruction of like, Mm. okay, now it's time to do this. It helps to quiet my anxiety riddled brain a little. So that's where I think. Oh, it snaps you out of the ruminating and yes. And out of the thought patterns. Yeah. Because that's actually what it's showing to do. So well, mission accomplished guided imagery people, because I (laughs) love it. I find that it is such a great tool and such a big help, especially for people that have maybe a little bit difficulty concentrating or, are super anxious like me and have a difficult time relaxing enough to get into that meditative state. I used to think I wasn't even capable of doing it. And then once you achieve it, it feels so good. It's like your body's almost seeking it out more and more. Well, it lowers your blood pressure too. It's uh, one of those where there's a physical response to relaxation. Like the blood pressure goes down and the mood goes up and you feel more invigorated and the attitude that you get into is more positive from it. And the studies are there that prove that too, which is nice. It is a proven technique and it does lower your levels there. So that's nice to know because some of these alternative therapies, which one in particular I'm going to get into, as much as I wanted to believe, you know, that Unfortunately, the data just shows that it's it's more of a placebo effect. So with yoga and meditation, proven stuff there. So don't be afraid. Try and utilize it because it's good stuff if you haven't already tried. This is not supposed to be confused with visualization because that is something slightly different from guided imagery. Visualizing an outcome and a goal, and that's where you're headed Whereas guided imagery is more of a peaceful, happy place that makes you relaxed. Yes. Visualization is a component that I have worked on extensively in my cognitive behavior therapy and mental Mm, health. That's mm. something that is used quite often, but that is different than, like you said, the guided imagery. I think that works better in your case than it would in mine because I cannot physically overcome my body's responses to situations because I get sick. Right. So that's another episode, I think, cognitive therapy. Yep. So absolutely. Cognitive behavior therapy. A lot of people hear it as CBT and, you know, it is another form of a therapeutic process. So we shall get to that another day. We hope you're enjoying this episode, fellow creative copers. If you'd like to join the conversation, have suggestions or feedback, feel free to message us on Instagram, comment on our posts, or email us at creativecopes at gmail.com. We'd love to interact with you. It would also be super cool if you join the conversation by posting about your creative copes on social media. Just add the hashtags creative copes and creative copes podcast so we can find you and potentially share on our Instagram social handle. Don't forget to read and subscribe to our blog, Wisdom Walks, on our website, creativecopes.wixsite.com forward slash podcast 
forward slash wisdom walks. Again, that is creativecopes.wixite.com forward slash podcast forward slash wisdom walks. Don't forget to love, follow, share, subscribe, and hit the notification button wherever you can find us. Your continued support means the world to us and it inspires us to continue providing content. Please. And thank you. There was a study that was published back in 14, a group of women who had fibromyalgia, Mm -hmm. and they were divided into two groups. And one group practiced guided imagery on a daily basis for 10-week period, while the other practiced usual care routine. And at the end of that study, the women who did the guided imagery, they reported that they had a significant decrease in their feelings of stress, fatigue, pain, and depression. If it's a chronic condition, there's most likely not a cure yet, mm-hmm. but there are ways to manage. And meditation is a beautiful way to manage your stress levels so that your pain does not start tensing up and go into an inflamed state where you can stay for weeks and flare and be truly in a bad place. Yeah, That's if you can pre- really... prevent incapacitation, then right. by all means. Yeah, I think meditation is a it's a great way to manage muscle tension and stress levels. I mean, it's been around for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. It was originally meant to help deepen understanding of the sacred and mystical forces of life. Did you know that? Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. To... I'm thinking myself as a shaman sitting there, um, trying to get in touch with nature. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but now, obviously, these days, we're just talking about it in a stress-relieving way, mm-hmm. which is perfectly fine in my... Yeah, because who, who doesn't have stress these right? days? Right. So when you practice meditation, your oxygen gets more efficient as we talked about it's all about the breathing (laughs) your adrenal glands produce less cortisol which you know helps the stress and anxiety levels also touched upon (laughs) and your blood pressure normalizes your heart rate and breathing slow down what goes into the blood pressure your immune function improves because less stress better blood pressure right your mind ages at a slower rate because it all kind of goes into that your mind clears your creativity increases which means you have more energy for creative copes people yes and because you have less stress you sweat less and then you can gain perspective of stressful situations that you didn't have before you build a skill to manage distress by learning how to breathe properly and center yourself (laughs) and increases your self-awareness which is also a big deal in yoga so that's why it's under the meditation umbrella Mm -hmm. and it makes you focus on the present going with the flow always the flow always always the flow flow. (laughs) and because of you focusing on the present it reduces the negative emotions it snaps you out of that ruminating stage right 
who doesn't want to stop ruminating? Obviously all that, if you can get your blood pressure under control, your breathing and all that, it improves your sleep quality. All things and it, with high yeah, levels and of if stress. you sleep better, you have more patience and more tolerance for the people around you. <laughs> so they'll thank so, you for going to meditate too. They'll be like, like oh. yeah. Like, go, go, meditate. We can't deal with your crap right now. You're a crabby little bitch and I want you to (laughs) stop it. I want you to stop. I'm giving you permission. I want you to go meditate for 30 minutes and don't come out until you have a better attitude. That's Yes. And that's what I would tell people. I'm sending you to your room. Go meditate. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe that would... (laughs) That's how we should have been punished as children. Like, oh, not punished. I think so. Moving on, there are a couple of different therapy approaches that are a little controversial, if you will. One, actually, I've done all of them. (laughs) (laughs) I am of the, the school of thought that I am desperate to get rid of this problem. Just as when you said you were first diagnosed, Mm. you know, it's like you start looking into cures and ways of how do I get better? And one of the things that I had come across is called craniosacral therapy. I've actually never heard of that. So you would have to tell me what that is. Okay. I'll give you the quoted response to that. It's for release. It's a method of using very gentle touch. And this is where I will quote and put the link in our blog. It's used for evaluating and enhancing the functioning of a physiological body system, craniosacral system. They're saying it's its own system, the craniosacral system, which obviously includes the brain and the spinal cord. It's comprised of membranes and cerebrospinal fluid also known as CSF, that surrounds Mm. and supports the brain and spinal cord. Practitioners use gentle touch to release restrictions in craniosacral system. Now, when I say gentle touch, they say about the weight of a nickel, which is barely nothing, if you can imagine. Like when you feel someone touch your... It's almost like, are you tickling me? At first, your brain is confused. You can feel the heat basically off of their hands more than you can the touch of what they're actually doing. Now, the the cell on this is it's shown to improve central nervous system functioning, respiratory, musculoskeletal, digestive, and circulatory systems. This is where people will jump all over it. And to be fair, some of it is rightly so. With craniosacral therapy, when I had it, it's first of all, it's geared towards people with migraines, chronic pain, orthopedic and neurological problems, traumatic brain injuries, Alzheimer's, spinal cord injuries, autism, chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, immune disorders, and so much more. They do advise not utilizing it if you have a bleeding disorder, any history of aneurysms or brain bleeds and or skull fractures. So Okay, scary of the risks. You know, obviously that's a little like disheartening to hear. Yeah. The skepticism around craniosacral therapy is that one person had said, no one can deny that craniosacral therapy is relaxing, but then again, so is a nap and a nap is cheaper. And when I read that, I was like, oof, you know, that that's a pretty strong, as far as pros and cons go, that's a pretty strong con to read about that. Yeah. Because how it's done is you are lying on like a massage type table 
And the practitioner is holding the base of your skull, the cranio, if you will. He or she has his hand underneath your sacrum and they're gently rocking you back and forth. The reason that they're doing this is that it's believed that they're getting your cerebrospinal fluid into this symbiotic kind of flow. The problem with that is that it lacks a biological and plausible mechanism because there's no way to show any diagnostic reliability of that. And it offers little hope that any clinical effect will be shown. So this is a quote, recent scientific evidence shows that a therapist cannot move the actual bones of the skull enough to affect pressure or circulation of any cerebrospinal fluid. It's pumped by respiration, not skull movement. And that's one of the things that's they tell. That's a pretty big con, I would say. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, when you hear about all of these treatment protocols and things that it helps, it's like you're right in there. I was. Mm. I was hook, line, and sinker. I'm like, okay, well, I suffer from anxiety and PTSD and all these things. Now, just the straight craniosacral therapy, being rocked like that, I'll be honest with you, it almost brings you to like a childlike state because you have this person that's almost cradling you, if you will, and they're holding the back of your head and underneath your tailbone. And they're holding you kind of close to their body and rocking under the assumption that they're getting your cerebrospinal fluid in check. Believers of that are going to go along with that. And I'm not here to say it's right, wrong, it works, it doesn't work. Everyone can find out for themselves. And if you have had this amazing experience with it, that's fantastic. And I will never take that away from anyone. The part that is a little scary though is when you're told, and this was told to me by one of the craniosacral therapists that I saw, was that they were actually moving the bones in my skull. And I'm like, wait a minute. What? Like the bones are being <laughs> expanded and contracted. And I'm like, no, you know, when babies are born, yes, we have the fontanelle area yeah, of our head. Yeah, kind of fuse together though. <laughs> it does. So it's kind of a hard thing to wrap your head around and trust. <laughs> Literally. <100%. Yeah>, right. <laughs> no pun or pun intended. <laughs> but yes, so in that respect, it is a little like, uh But again, when you're desperate or you don't read up on the con, like when I was doing the research about it, I was reading all of these pro articles because Mm. that was what was made available to me at that time. So I was like, yeah, I'll definitely give it a shot. A lot of times you will see craniosacral therapy used in tandem with what's called somato-emotional release. And somato-emotional release, S-E-R, it expands on craniosacral therapy. The same conditions are treated with it. That practitioners still use this gentle touch to release the restrictions of your cerebrospinal fluid. But the difference being, they also say that can rid the body of residual effects of past injuries or negative experience. Now, that sounds... It's a tall claim. Floofy. Yes. (laughs) Again, where it's a a very big claim that... Yeah, that is a big claim. I can see people going for it, though, if they're in a desperate mindset. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's a good way of drawing them in. Because let's face it, Mm. people, especially that have been in car accidents, such as yourself. Yeah. You know, we talk a lot about muscle memory and Mm -hmm. muscle memory is a very real thing. It is. Absolutely. I know that to be true. We know that is a truth. I was just talking about it yesterday with my daughter because she brought home some 
uh, juggling balls. And I said, I haven't done this in years. And then I started juggling them. And then I'm like, it's like a muscle memory. Absolutely. Yeah. It's incredible how our brains can hold on to certain things. And like you just said, allows you to juggle after how many years has it been since you... How many years has it been since you picked up some (laughs) balls, Mita? (laughs) I hear you like to juggle balls. Oh, yes. Incredible. I'm quite proficient. (laughs) Yeah, but you have to have some sort of disordered friend with you to have juggle three balls at a time. (laughs) That would be Oh, we're not going down that route. Anyways, muscle memory. (laughs) Yeah, so her and her three balls. So she remembered how to use her hands and, you know, her brain didn't have to think much about it. So that's muscle memory. Very true statement there. There is research by John Upledger. He's an osteopathic physician and a biophysicist named Vi Carney. Now, those two people are the ones that came up with the somato-emotional release. And direct quote, physical force enters a person's body at the time of an accident or injury. You and I can both attest to that. It absolutely does. (laughs) It does. Next sentence, The injured body may immediately begin dissipating these forces and the natural healing process will follow, which for some people, they can even have a a severe and significant injury, but their body will accept it as just what it is. It's an injury. They will go through the, the process of healing and they will get over it. And I don't want to say not be affected because, you know, they may have pain in that area of their body or they may have flashbacks occasionally or such. But for the majority of people, they can go and move on with their life Mm. in a somewhat, you're not agreeing. I am not agreeing with that because there are like the physical stuff that can happen during an accident. Like you could have just had a little crack in your back instead of breaking it. Or you could have just gotten a bruise on your spine. It It's like a subjective thing with the accident. It depends on how, what happens inside the body during the accident. It's not necessarily a muscle memory. It's what physically destroys the body for it to become a chronic situation, right? What they were saying was that the it can the natural healing process will follow or the flip side is, is that the physical force is actually going to impose on the body and be retained rather than dissipated. So it's kind of an and or situation. They look at it as a very black and white type situation. And seeing as they're, they were talking about the muscle memory though, right? So with John Upledger and Vi Carney, Mm. they were, they're doing the somato-emotional release. I cannot say for sure if they also said about the muscle memory. I know being that somato-emotional release expands on craniosacral therapy and in craniosacral therapy, they're talking a lot about muscle memory. So Mm. I'm assuming then then if they're building upon that, then they would, yes, agree with the muscle memory component of this. Mm. But what they were trying to say, I guess, is that being that the physical force entering the body at that Mm. time, it's either going to do one of two things. Either you're going to be able to process it and move on, Mm. or the body is going to hold on to that physical force and it's going to retain it rather than dissipate it through. So I think... That was their their hook, line, and sinker. Of hmm. that was the basis of their research. Hmm. That seems very narrow, but yeah. Okay. So so, so what do they do then? So supposedly, 
Upledger and Carney realize that very often the body retains emotional energy along with the physical force and called this localized and concentrated area an energy cyst. But over time, the body weakens or tires of this accommodation and can develop symptoms of pain, dysfunction, and emotional stress. So they're talking about the people that cannot dissipate that physical force that was brought into their bodies and that it's like a cyst. It just lives in their body and it causes disease and disorder and pain. Okay. So yeah, again, with what I said, they it's very narrow and it doesn't seem like they actually take the the physical condition into account it's there. Like no. you you have you got nerve damage. Obviously that's gonna have a cause and effect in your body, for instance. I have nerve damage that has a cause and effect in my body. So that is not an energy cyst. So yeah, I can I can see there are some uh, cons common with that. Mm-hmm. And what are those? The <laughs> for somato emotional release, the statement is that it's to release this pent up tissue memory and help people release trauma. Mm-hmm. What I interpreted it as when I was going through the somato emotional release mm-hmm. was that it had more to do with a PTSD component. It uh. didn't. I felt that that was the road. Now, if they wanted to market it that way. If you will, mm. I hate to say market it that way, but if you want to market it that way, well, we that live makes in a capitalistic society. So, yeah. So, yes. I mean, pretty much that's what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, there there has been vast research that shows that changes to physical health can lead to or an uptick in mental health maladies. I mean, that's just yeah. a given. That's a, yeah. across the board. And also, the reverse is common as well. When you have mental health issues, mm. It can, and a lot of people don't believe that. They think it's psychosomatic and such, but it it can cause physical deterioration. Mental health can cause physical deterioration. It's just a given. It's not as clear cut as it is the other way around, but it can. So yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm behind that because there's something physical changes that happen in your body that throws off the balance. So I I totally see that. Yep. Yeah. And the holistic mind-body approach to release trauma is stored mm. in the body. So again, if you bring it to a PTSD standpoint, which I do have PTSD, yeah. in that respect, now go back to craniosacral, how I said they're, they're working in tandem. Mm. The craniosacral therapist is holding me in a very vulnerable but comforting way, if you will, but basically like a baby cradling, you know, holding the back of your neck and your sacrum. So like if you if I was to pick you up and hold you like a baby, that area would be secured. Mm. Then they're rocking, you know what I mean? It's almost like they're rocking you because of this cerebrospinal fluid that they're trying to get into check, which again is a very nurturing kind of position to be in. And I know it sounds creepy, but I mean if you can look <laughs> at it a from bit, but I'm from trying a, I'm trying to see it from that point of view, yes. Right. I mean, yeah. if for someone who's suffered with PTSD, for, yeah. you know, and they have the, you have to build up a trust. You don't do this on like the first visit either. You know, this no. is something that happens trust over time. Trust is important. It really is. And in order for this to even remotely work, it had to have been discussed for, ahead of time because the next thing you know, I mean, here you are in this position and then you're still talking. You're in the here and now. You're It's not a hypnosis thing. You're kind of doing a therapy session at the same time per se, and then something may come up or you're beginning to have a flashback of this PTSD moment. And the next thing you know, you're bawling your eyes out and you're in a 
baby kind of prone position. It's mm. a very strange sensation. Therapy. It is. Yeah. It is. It's <laughs> one of those things that, again, if you're trying, maybe if you're trying to recall repressed memories, I could see where that would be very helpful if mm. that's part of a therapeutic process. Mm. But as far as like for physical, just the craniosacral, with that, really, you can't move the bones in your head and you're not going to do anything as far as moving the cerebrospinal Spine, Yeah, That to me is, again, you can take it with a grain of salt. Is it going to so hurt you? So basically the statement is what they're trying to do might not be correct, but it might feel good for someone who needs it. Exactly. I guess that is how it was kind of marketed. And that is the claim. Again, it could be an expensive nap if you <laughs> want to look at it that way. Or you may have a very close relationship with your therapist and maybe you guys are doing some of that cognitive behavior therapy that's helping you to release some of the PTSD and trauma. You're going to have very different results based upon what you're actually doing and what you're actually talking about while you're in this very vulnerable, yeah, vulnerable situation. Yes. Yeah. So that one is one that, again, it's a very interesting read. It's, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I bawled my eyes out on that table. But again, I think it was because I was put in a very precarious spot. And then we're mm. talking about things that were very upsetting because of a very traumatic incident that occurred in my life. So yeah. you can't almost help but to be vulnerable and vulnerable then, yeah. you know, so it's kind of like the chicken or the egg. Did it happen because, you know, was I releasing? Cause you do feel better after a good cry. Let's be honest. Sometimes yes. you can feel really good after a good cry. Yeah. So was I feeling better because of that? Or was I feeling better because of the craniosacral or the somatoemotional release? I'm not here to, to say that both of those are terrible and awful things. Some people may get really cool results from them. Unfortunately for me with physical stuff, I did not have any luck with relief in those mm -hmm. avenues. As far as mental health goes, I will say talking to someone and kind of working through a traumatic thing, I think can be helpful in a lot of ways. I don't necessarily think though that it was because of that. I think it might've happened because if you, we were if you were in a, yeah, right. You were in a vulnerable state and then you talk about traumatic things. They... Well, imagine a therapist or a therapist yeah, session and exactly. they're just hugging you, you know, say you like yeah. to be hugged and they're just giving you a hug and they're just like, you know, it's going to be okay. Well, right there you're releasing endorphins and all this other thing. So there's yeah. a lot that can go into the data of that, of why it works or why it doesn't work. So I think do your research on it if you want to utilize it or try it. PTSD, I say definitely would be the a prime reason to try that. Mm. They claimed as far as treating children, it works the best on children and babies and infants. They're more open to... Right. Yeah. They don't Whatever. have the opportunity to do research. Let's put it that no. way. No. Yes. <laughs> so that is... I guess I'm a skeptic. I'm a cynical. Well, yeah. in today's society... Don't mind me. Don't mind me. So those are two that I did try and it's good to bring them up and to use as talking points because again, mm. it's it's good to know. You can say, yeah, you know, I, I heard this girl talking about it on this podcast and it may be for you. It may not. It's one of those things. Do go in with an open mind if you are and remember that if you don't do well in vulnerable situations, then do not do the somato emotional release because I can tell you I had people I know try it. You have such a very 
strong response afterwards that you kind of are on like a high and you want to tell everyone about it. You're like, you should try this. This was amazing. They all had these very significant responses. They didn't continue it like I did, but they just went for the one kind of thing. And to see grown men curl up into a ball, cry. I mean, it's heart wrenching to watch. I think again, you're put in that vulnerable situation to be okay. You feel safe to let some of your inner demons out, if you will. I think it sometimes has to do a little bit more with the the comforting nature of the situation, maybe more so than the actual therapeutic approach. But that's just Jen's opinion and take that See, with a I grain would, of salt. Yeah, I would rather have my husband rock me back and forth in such case, because I am not very trusting of random people to do so for me. So that's my two cents to that conversation. (laughs) No, and that's something that, you know, if anything, you know, people should know that the somato-emotional release, you are going to be in that kind of vulnerable situation. So if you don't do well with that, then it's not a therapy, you know, that you would probably want to partake in. There is a lot of scientific stuff. If people are interested. I also tried neurofeedback. It's also sometimes known as biofeedback. It's supposed to teach control of the brain functions to subjects by measuring brain waves and providing feedback signals. Sounds hokey, sounds like crazy medicine type thing, but without taking a pill. Um, (laughs) It's a lot of big words. It's a lot of you go in and you are basically put in an EEG placement of electrodes on your frontal, temporal, central, and occipital lobes. Um, There's various treatment protocols, alpha, beta, alpha, theta, delta, gamma, and theta. There's different protocols depending on what's quote unquote wrong with you. Supposed to treat ADHD, anxiety, depression, epilepsy, insomnia, drug addiction, schizophrenia, learning disabilities, dyslexia, autism, spectrum disorders, and more. I'll get to the cons quickly. The cons, Mm. very expensive. When I tell you it was about 200, this is going back and it was about $240 a week for two sessions a week. Ouch. Yep. It's Mm. time consuming. It's an hour each session and the benefits are short-lived in the respect that you almost get like a, I want to say we're going to use the term runner's high, if you will. It's like while you're doing it. Now for me to fall asleep in a public place says a lot because I'm a very high strung, anxious person. Obviously to get me and my brain to relax to a point that I actually would fall asleep. And, but she could see all of the movement of my brain happening at this very moment. And it was incredible because I am so anxious that my body literally would not let me go into any sort. I was on high alert at all times and she could watch as I was starting to fall asleep. And then as soon as I did, my brain kicked me out of it so fast. Like, do not let your guard. It's like I was on high alert that someone Mm -hmm. was going to come and, you know, hurt me or whatever. If nothing else, it confirms that your brain is doing what you're trying to convey to people. I'm like kind of always telling people the anxiety is beyond me. You know, a lot of people believe like, oh, well, if you just had positive thoughts and and they have these easy fixes, Mm -hmm. you can read about them. And yes, it would be great if I could just fix it that quickly. But this is on a different level of my brain is acting in such a way that I don't even, I'm not aware that it's even occurring at that moment. So There's pink glitter everywhere. Exactly. Exactly. And so tune into last week's episode to find, or is that two, two weeks, weeks ago. ago? Yeah. That was two weeks ago, but <laughs> pink glitter everywhere. There are some pros. It's non-invasive 
FDA approved and non-pharmacological. We stressed not taking a pill is great for the body. It's FDA approved. So that makes you feel better about life and it's non-invasive, which you're not putting anything foreign into you. So awesome. Unfortunately, there are many skeptics that do believe that it's a placebo effect, but clinicians will claim and that the success rate is 75 to 80%. So it's a very tough call. You read things where the success rate is 75 to 80%. Yeah, that's why I went for it. I tried it and it was a very expensive therapy to try. And I stuck with it for an entire year because I felt like I was quitting and I was, you know what I mean? Like there's a part of you that feels like, oh, if I don't stick with it, but yeah. my brain had a very difficult time because you're looking at a screen. It's supposed to help you retrain your brain to address dysregulation and by creating new neural pathways, <laughs> here we go. So it's sort of rewiring your brain. That's how it's marketed. The new neural pathways can be created and they are created all the time, but I shouldn't say all the time, but are created. But rewiring your brain is another strong statement to make. Yeah, that and is a very strong statement. It makes me skeptic. It makes you, you said skeptic. that and it made me feel uh, okay. Right. Yeah. But I was at the at that time I was in a very desperate place. I had yeah. been with this disorder for so long and mm -hmm. traditional therapies weren't working. I get it. I get it. I totally get yeah. it. Yeah. It's like I was like and I, that's why I stuck with it so long. It was like, well, I didn't want to quit because then it's like, well, then you're a quitter and you didn't, you know? So I'm like, ah. So basically it's not considered a cure, but it's a way to manage and regulate the brain in a healthier manner. Take that as you will. And I think different personality types would fare better with it as well. My, mm. I have a very scientific approach. I was watching a screen and all I could think of was how is this, my brain was thinking of where the next piece was going to fit into this particular puzzle I don't do well with things like that because I spent my therapy time trying to figure out what it was trying to do to my brain rather than actually letting it do its supposed job. So <laughs> <laughs> the tall and short of it is, again, these are very alternative therapies, but they are very real and they're out there and they may interest people to try them and they may work with some people and it may not so we're they're kind of, we're we're comparing and contrasting things so yeah here you have it so there's three more to put in your tool belt of things that you may want to look into or just study up on or just see the if that fits for you and your disorders at this point so is this a good time for the sum up, shoot the shit, and wrap it up? It absolutely is. So in 10 sentences, can you sum this up? Do your research. Alternative therapies can be incredible. Alternative therapies can be scams. Do what feels right for your body and your symptoms. Look at that. And check <laughs> And always check in with your doctor. God damn it. Yes. Check in with your doctor. I was trying to be very quick oh, and simple. You were, you were amazing. Oh my gosh. You need applause for that. Oh my God. Jen, shut the fuck yeah. up. Yay. <laughs> and no, I gave you a challenge. <laughs> you did challenge took it me. On. Yes. I did. That and was amazing. Yours were, there, as far as guided meditation, go do that. That's a good one. 
Yes, I love it. I may do I, I do that every single night. Just so you guys know, I do a guided meditation every single day. I utilize that as part of my therapeutic approach. It is very, very helpful to me. And I like the ones with the ASMR voices. Just more bang for the buck with me. So um, yoga is something I like to practice as much as I can. And the guided imagery for meditation is also another one that I utilize. And Mita, you utilize the as well? Yeah, you know, I'm lying on my back with the yoga and I do the guided imagery meditation when I am in a heightened stress or anxiety state. Well, you can, now you know that you can also have your husband hold you in like a fetal position and yes. like rock you back and forth and, and get your <laughs> That would be get my bucks worth. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, you know what, I think <gasps> touch is just one of those things. Yeah, I nice. think that's actually the best therapy. Yeah. Hug somebody today. Just hug yes, them. That is supposed to be good for the oxytocin and endorphin levels. So. Yeah, and you don't have to pay $240 a session. So you do really it. Don't do it, people. Do it. Do you remember the free hugs? I'm just going to say this real quick because it was really sweet. Do you remember the guy who had the sign with the free hugs? Yeah. Oh my gosh. When that came out, I was like, oh. See, to me, I was like all over that. I was like, I'm going to stand with a sign and just say free hugs. And I just want to hug people. You and, should. And feel- Maybe just outside your house. I don't get that much traffic around my house because I live in... <laughs> you should have someone put up signs and say free <laughs> hugs around the corner. <laughs> There's a, I don't know if this is as common in Sweden uh, as it is in the United States, but uh, corners can represent something very different here. So. <laughs> <laughs> it they depends think, on which part of the city you are at. <laughs> okay, so you do know about the corners. Okay, I do so know you, about the corners. <laughs> all right, I just didn't want to... The, the hugs might... They might think something else comes with them. Down on the corner. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. (laughs) Red light. Out on the street. (laughs) Beautiful, beautiful. We will wrap up on that note. Absolutely. So thank you guys for joining us in our episode 11, Alternative Therapies. Part 2. Yes. And until next time. Love love and and light. light. Beautiful humans. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Creative Cope's podcast. This is a two-person production. Manuscript and editing done by Jen and Mida. Music by Mida. We hope you have enjoyed listening to Creative Cope's podcast. You can check us out on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Google Podcast, Overcast, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Pocket Cast, or Radio Public please click on follow and accept all notifications for new releases each week. We are on social media sites such as Instagram, creative.copes, Facebook, Creative Copes Podcast. Click follow to see what we are up to. We have a website that contains episodes, descriptions, our blog wisdom walks, and links to things mentioned in our podcast. Our address is creativecopes.com wixsite.com forward slash podcast click subscribe for all updates here as well again it is creativecopes.wixsite.com forward slash podcast sharing is caring so please feel free to share us on any social media sites our website or through your favorite listening platform feedback is welcomed and appreciated Reviews keep us on task and let us know how we're doing. 
Thank you again for joining us as we navigate our creative copes journey one week at a time. Love and light.